0: Welcome to the Functional Nutrition Podcast with Aaron Holt, Functional Nutritionist. I work with clients on the seacoast of New Hampshire and virtually all over the world through both private consultations and online nutrition programs. I'm here with my co-host, Kyle Mayorana, Registered Dietitian of Root Down Nutrition based in Asheville, North Carolina. We are both board-certified integrative and functional nutritionists. This means we dive deep with people to get to the root cause of their health issues. In this podcast, we will address all things health, food, and nutrition, discussing our research, clinical experience, and life experience. Please keep in mind our disclaimer, this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or medical treatment. Thanks for joining us. Let's dive in. Hey guys, we're back. Erin here. Kyle's not on the show today, but I do have an interview lined up, so get excited for that. Uh, Before we dive in, I want to announce that I finally launched my membership, so that's I'm now taking on new clients into that, um, and what that entails is that you work with me individually once a month. You also get unlimited email access in between appointments. You get access to my online library, so those are all the resources that I've been cultivating and creating over the past few years. And You also get free admission to all of my online programs, all of my online workshops, all that kind of stuff, and you get access to a really cool online community. So if you've been thinking about working with me or doing some functional nutrition consults, um, what you can do is head over to my website, uh, go to erinholthealth.com forward slash membership. I'll put that in the show notes and schedule a free 30 minute consult so we can chat and see how I could be, um, of service to you. So that is all available now. All right. We have Amy McKelvey back on the show today. So, we interviewed her back in May. You guys loved her so much. She was such a wealth of knowledge. Um, So, we wanted to bring her back on. Amy is an integrative herbalist. She's a natural products consultant and she uh, is a graduate of the California School of Herbal Studies. She's also the CEO of her company called Her Vital Way. It's a wellness brand for women. They make incredible supplements. I take some myself. So, if you want to learn a little bit more about Amy and her full backstory you can go back to episode 25 it's called healings worth with herbs and that
1: um, her full bio is there so Amy thanks for coming back on (laughs) thank you for having me Um, I'm so I'm actually excited last time I was a little bit nervous because it was the first podcast experience but today I feel more relaxed and I'm actually looking forward to this good good Um, I had to actually like text some people to be
0: like, guess who's coming back on? Because I knew they were going to be so excited. Um, So I'm I'm really uh, just going to treat this show as kind of like ask the expert. So I'm going to kind of pepper some questions at you and let you do most of the talking. Just because, I mean, like I was just saying to you before we started, people could listen to you talk for hours and you have so much knowledge. So... (laughs)
1: Um, well, thank you, thank we'll you. Just my, you. My my teenagers it. would disagree with that. <laughs> they just look at me all the time, say, "Mom, your answers are so long. You talk so much." <laughs> well, when we're talking about the human body, the right. answers
0: are often nuanced. Thank so. you, <laughs> thank you very much for that, Erin. <laughs> um, but it's this is this type of episode is also going to lend itself well to my current situation because I don't feel like doing much talking because of yeah. the shingles. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, oh boy. And I want to, I'm going to throw this out there because we're going to talk a lot about herbs on today's show and we're going to mm. talk about natural remedies. And we talk a lot about that here on the podcast, mm. but I never want to send the message to people that there is never a time and a place for conventional Western mm-hmm. medicine. That's Sometimes, it. you know, I see like the more people dip their toe into the whole world of health and wellness, especially as they get into alternative health, I think there's a lot of judgment around conventional medicine and pharmaceuticals, but if somebody is suffering, honestly, the judgment and the shame just doesn't do anyone any favors. Sometimes it does serve its purpose, and I will fully admit that I was taking pharmaceutical painkillers while I had shingles because they were helping me and all I wanted to do was feel better so I'm just throwing that out there and you know I know that ibuprofen can rip through my gut I know that acetaminophen can Mm -hmm. blast through my glutathione levels (laughs) I'm aware of the issues and I chose to do it anyway so I'm just gonna throw that out there Um, yes and
1: I'm so so glad that you did Erin because that comes up a lot um, in the circles that I travel with and when I talk to people on the phone they feel this guilt and they say oh I've been taking this and you can hear that they're it's like they're ashamed that they have. Yes. You know, ultimately, I'm going to be talking about this a lot today, um, but it comes back to please everyone have some more faith in your body. The body is tremendously forgiving, and if there are times where we have to take pharmaceuticals to alleviate pain or to reduce symptoms faster so that then we can move on to an herbal protocol, it all works together, and the body is going to be with you every step of the way. So this alarmist mentality that, oh my gosh, you're taking a pharmaceutical or something from conventional you know, Western medicine – It's really unnecessary. It's counterproductive. And anything that throws and hurls judgment at one another, particularly with women, is something I'm very sensitive to, has no place in healing. Oh, my God. I love that.
0: I know this is going to be a good episode. Um, Okay. So (laughs) having said all of that, people are looking for natural remedies, which I think is awesome. Awesome. Um, Anytime I post about it, I always get a lot of interesting questions. Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't honestly – feel very comfortable talking about generalized dosing with people. Like, I'm not going to tell somebody across the internet who I don't know, like, oh, just take this for this. Um, So I wanted to make sure that we did bring on a trained herbalist with a lot of experience so you could speak to more of the specifics around that thank you for
1: that I appreciate it I mean I, uh, you know it's it's twofold I have I love encouraging people to create their own apothecary and explore herbs and start out slow right introduce yourself to an herb don't just you wouldn't just dive into a relationship with another person it's the same with plants be respectful get to know them see how they react and how they feel energetically in your body and I think it's great that there's all this online knowledge although some of it is um, a little misguided you know, but nothing can replace going deep with something as complex as our health and plants and plant medicine and um, how it works in the body and how it works with medications and it's there's this whole complex um, part of of healing that we all need to understand and that doesn't mean that people should be afraid of trying new things, but. Um, look to the source and really reach out to people who, ha- who are trained and who have made this their life's work and who have had a clinical practice. And, and then as far as yourself and becoming in your own student of herbalism and your own student of your own health, which everyone should be, um, just be um, you know, slow, slow and steady. There's no rush. Oh, I couldn't agree more, and that's
0: something that we 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 talk about a lot on the show. I mean, we have a lot of information or access yeah. to information. You know, yeah. like that's not the issue. It's not lack of information. It's no. too much. We get overwhelmed. Yeah. And I think some. And I'm all for uh, being your own student and, yeah. um, just kind of like owning responsibility for your health. But I also think that there is there's a time and a place for yeah. for. For people that know what they're talking about, absolutely, you, know, to...
1: you turn to experts. That's why they they exist. And you know, the thing is, unfortunately, it's so complex. But a lot of people, when they are hungry for information, it's because they're desperate and they're experiencing experiencing symptoms. Yes. Well, I can tell you right now that is not the time to become your own student, <laughs> because you're you're in a panic state and you're you're just grabbing straws. The thing to do is every day commit to improving and growing and expanding your knowledge of your own health and how the body works, first and foremost, and then how plants work and the different class of plants and their actions. And you do it in a very gradual way, and it just becomes a part of you. Um, But always work with people that have, you know, knowledge of uh, their healing practice for the best results and for the safest results. You
0: hit on something really important there, um, that when you're suffering, that's really not the the best time to no. be a student. And I had so much shame around this in my own life because when I got sick, I was, I I, I just, threw myself into research. Cause I was like, yeah. I need to figure this out. And because I'm a practitioner, I shouldn't need another practitioner. Right. That was my mm-hmm. thought. And it wasn't until mm-hmm. my husband pointed out how much stress I was putting on myself to yeah. like heal myself. It, yeah. I didn't know. I did. I really uh-uh. didn't know like what a stressor that was. And so that's when I really started to put a team in place A naturopath. I hired my own nutritionist mm-hmm. and Beautiful. that is what I was able to like almost like share the responsibility in some ways with somebody else. Mm-hmm. And it was such a gift and such a great feeling and well worth
1: every single cent I have invested in, in other practitioners, honestly. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more, Aaron. And it's funny, I'm sitting looking at one of our bottles right now and, and the, um, the three circles of our logo and something that I have been passionate about for a long time, but particularly when I started my own healing journey, um, is that we need to surround ourselves with circles of support um, from a cellular level all the way through to our emotional well-being to our um, health practitioners we need to have a team of friends who energetically um, excite us and and nurture us and we need to have all kinds of practitioners i mean i'm an herbalist i see other herbalists i go to acupuncture i go to sound healers i go to massage therapists you know it's like I have this circle, these circles of support that I can turn to in times when everything seems like it's falling apart and, you know, no one's immune to that. That's the human condition. There are going to be times where hopefully you have a sense of humor about it, but oh my goodness, it's kind of ridiculous. When things fall apart, they tend to do it all at once. And how how do you get strong again and how do you find your way and how do you bring that beautiful harmony and balance back to the body? Well, you need circles and circles of support. Oh, my God. This is exactly what I needed to hear right now in this very moment. That's <laughs> what because, we all need to hear if we're honest. I mean, really, true, right? true. It's what we all need to hear. Okay. Yeah. So with that, let's
0: jump into some listener questions the biggest one we got by far was for natural cold and flu prevention for the family both so what do we do to prevent it but then what are things we can do once we do have a cold right Um, and I you know if you want to talk about your beliefs around the flu vaccine great Mm -hmm. go for
1: it I mean anything anything you want to say about about this season (laughs) sure (laughs) well this season I'm so glad that you said that and um, It's, you know, this is one of those things we could talk the whole podcast about, and so I'm just going to dive right in. Um, The thing that I tackle with the most with people, and I try to get them to understand is that, you know, there is no magic pill, so you need to throw that out of your mind, Um, and there is, uh, instead, there's this beautiful symphony going on every day in our body and in our lives, and and hopefully every instrument is, is tuned and playing the right notes and playing the song that it's supposed to be playing. And everything is beautiful, but we all know too well that life – Uh, starts to change things and you're under stress there's environmental stresses um, there's emotional stress there's just the stress of living and oh my goodness I have to feed myself all day long like sometimes even that is overwhelming and then what am I supposed to feed myself and layer upon layer upon layer of these stressors and they're compounded and they're exacerbated in the winter months or any time there's a change of season because if you think about it from just a practical perspective there's change going on and the body has to make adjustments and it's sort of like what can we do here's the question I like people to to pose at this time of year what can I do to support my body through this changing season and what's happening in the season is the air getting drier and cooler am I spending more time indoors so I'm going, to, I'm going to talk about a lot of things that people can do that when all together are implemented into someone's life, I feel are like the strongest defense against the viruses, the bacteria, the colds, and everything that just seems to breed this time of year. Um, So the first thing that I always start with and it's why I love what you do and why you and I feel such an affinity for one another is you got to start with what you put in your body first and foremost. And nutrition is key this time of year. You know, I have a lot of friends who they're just eating salads and raw food all the time. Well, you know, we're, we're entering these months where it's getting colder and the body is wanting um, stuff that is nourishing and that's warm and that's soothing. So instead of, you know, your raw salads every day this time of year, the kinder thing to do to your body would be to start making some really nourishing soups. Soups are incredible. Talk about a whole family remedy. I mean, my friends joke, it's like, they're like, oh, what did you do before you saw us today? Like if I meet them for a hike, you know, at nine in the morning and everyone laughs and they said, soup, she's making soup, that's what I do. Um, this time of year because you can throw in all these um, you know nutrient dense ingredients in the root vegetables and all these antioxidants and you can you can throw in herbs and very nourishing herbs. A lot of the adaptogens that I'm going to talk about in a minute um, are beautiful in in soups and you're creating this wellness broth for you and your family And the key is to make these things before you, for before symptoms appear, you know, you have to have your apothecary, you have to have your arsenal and everything ready, batch freeze it, you know, be ready for this season and and all is going to go surprisingly well um so nutrition i'm just going to go through a list and then i'll go into them in more detail and please interject Erin, because you know that i will go on and on <laughs> so um, <laughs> you're good so, <laughs> so soups and, and 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 roasting vegetables are really key this time of year to me um and remembering to stay moving and this is something the whole family can do together you know whatever the weather is you got to find breaks in the weather everybody throw on your coats we're going to go outside for 10 minutes you know we have this culture that thinks you got to devote an hour and a half and have the right clothes on and go to the place and plop down money to move your body and it's just not the case grab your kids grab your partner take your pet get outside for 10 minutes it makes a difference um, breathe in fresh air and, um, and and help your body, help the circulation. Um, watch this time of year. You know, it's cold outside, so people like comfort food. And they start to eat all this stodgy stuff, you know, and pastas and lots of cheeses and Um, you know, yes, if we were having to go out and do a lot of physical activity, that might be okay. But if you're not, and you're going to an office every day, like most people, you're really bogging down your system. And that's not something you want to do this time of year. You can have comfort foods like soup and root vegetables that aren't bogging down your system and creating inflammation, uh, which makes you susceptible to uh, any virus that you're exposed to, you know? Um, limit alcohol intake. Uh, that's something that I, I talk a lot about with friends. I'm always trying to get women. You know, uh, don't get me wrong. I love wine. I love my spirits. I make a lot of my own spirits, <laughs> but it's in moderation. You know, um, and there's something beautiful about sitting down with a friend and making a conscious choice and say, Hey, I want you to come over tonight. We're gonna make some beautiful herbal tea together. It doesn't have to always be. Let's have a an alcoholic drink together. So. Be mindful of that in these winter months and um, the, the fall as we're approaching into into winter. And sleep, you know, hmm. Sleep is really, really important for our health and to keep our immune system functioning. And it is um a system. And we forget that. it um, It's a very complex, vast system, and it does this remarkable job. You know, we need to have faith in it. I feel like a lot of people don't have faith in their immune system. It does a remarkable job of defending us against all kinds of disease-causing microorganisms. But that we, we forget that it's a system and it's interconnected. And that's why all these things that I'm going to focus on today, these are the little pieces of the puzzle, that if you keep them all together and they're connected, they support your own interconnected. Activity. Um, so sleep is a huge part of that. That's a big puzzle piece. And we need to develop healthy sleep routines. And that's something as a family – you have to commit to. You know, I remember once saying to my husband, he's he's going to cringe when he hears this because whenever he hears, oh, my husband, he knows that I'm giving an example about him that maybe isn't too favorable. But I, I love my husband very much. But we're very different. And he gets this late night, you know, surge of energy that makes me crazy because I'm always saying it's, you know, throwing off the circadian rhythm of the entire house. <laughs> But he'll get the kids, like, hyper before bed. And now, of course, they're older, and so it's a little bit different. But still, as a family, it's like, you know, put devices away. Close the computer. Put phones away. Start to lower the lights in the house. You know, after the sun goes down, um, you know, just start to change the energy level in the house. Say, you know, children model. They're like sponges. They model their behavior after us. So I can remember when my girls were really little, and I would just say – well, mom's going to go to bed. I'm going to get my book and um, do some reading. Does anybody want to massage first before I do that? You know, and of course, they'd come running into my room and i get the oils out and massage their body. So then I'm physically grounding them, right? That was the first thing. i calm them down. And then they'd, you know, most of the time go get one of their books, whether it was just a picture book or they were into their own chapter books, and we'd kind of read together. Um, And everyone's quieting down together. And so we all need to take ownership for having – healthy sleep routines and the thing with sleep that's so important is that it's the one time the body gets to focus on healing and it's not doing anything else doesn't have to concentrate on walking or talking or digesting you know this complex body that we have it gets a little bit of a break and so you need to protect your sleep you need to be in love with your sleep time And you need to do everything you can to come up with a regular sleep schedule. Getting a regular amount of sleep every night is something that is calming to the body's nervous system. It's predictable. The body likes knowing, I know I'm gonna get seven hours tonight. I had a very frenzied, chaotic day, but I know I'm gonna get sleep tonight. So coming up with those routines is really important this time of year more than ever. Um, because we are, our nature of just being inside more is, is we're exposed, we're just exposed to more at this time of year. And so you want your defenses all ready. You want that, that lineup, that backup your your immune defenders there ready and that you want them to be nourished with good food and you want them to have slept well and to be activated and ready to go. You don't want them sleepy this time of year. Um, we're in we're inside more so yeah you you need to be washing your hands now i i sometimes i don't want to say that because boy this culture has really gone overboard with that to a point where it's actually been destructive to our microbiome and to our own uh, immune system so you know don't become fanatic please don't pull out the Purell please please don't there are there are herbal um, alternatives you can make your own herbal sprays I'm happy to send them to anybody who wants to email me um could you talk through that a little bit because that's a big thing I mean oh, my daughter's yeah. is a too too intense to talk through <laughs> no it's just a big topic but I'm happy okay. yeah I can, I can touch on it right now you want me to talk about how to make it or why it's bad to use um no like the no I think of the world I think we all know why why it's better it's gonna come after me <laughs> I know right don't worry we're
0: not that that big of a show. Um, trust me. So, I, at my daughter's school, she's in pre K now, and uh, they were using, while they weren't using antibacterial soap, which is pretty awesome, I think mm-hmm. we're seeing more or less and less of that, I should say, which yeah. is great. But like soft soap or highly mm-hmm. fragranced soap is still rampant. Ooh. Like, I mean, I see it in doctor's oh, yeah. offices and like everywhere I yeah. go. And so, one thing that I did because I am like a really kind of a freak about fragrance, like, it's not allowed mm-hmm. in my house. You're talking to another freak about vagrants, so. <laughs> so well, I mean, I mean, these, these, these chemicals are endocrine disruptors. I don't oh, yeah. I don't need my four-year-old's hormones being disrupted every no, time she washes her hands. So I just sent in some soap um, to her school and just said, hey, do you mind if you guys use this when Hattie washes her hands? So I mean, yeah. there's like workarounds, but I think yeah. the, you know, having those, those tools in place is really important. So I would love to yeah. hear of like a little, whatever you do, that's for a spray. I would- like
1: yeah absolutely i mean to be able to you know once again it goes back to have that apothecary have the things ready you know so um it's fun when we go on a trip you put out everything right that you need for the trip um and you wouldn't head off on a journey in your car without getting gas and getting your routine checkup and everything but yet we don't approach um seasonal changes and defending our our health in the same way you know what if we laid out on our bed okay um okay I need to make hand spray okay I'm gonna do that I need to start making soups and you just lay out all the things you need to do to get ready so for hand stuff what I do now it's a little bit different because my girls are older and so I don't have to I don't have to be as um cautious about what i make um and they know now because i've drilled into them you know please don't while you're at school don't fiddle with your nose don't touch your eyes you know because so much of getting sick is about just don't expose your body to it and those are the pathways right where it travels into that mucosa lining and that those juicy places those wet places like don't don't touch don't touch um that's number one but As far as what you can put on your hand, so I have a, a combination of a few essential oils that I really like. One is lavender. I'm a big fan of lavender and tea tree oil. And then there are things like rosemary, which a lot of people don't know about, that I that I like using, um, because it's just a grounding smell. And sometimes if things get too floral, too perfumey, uh, that also sets off, um, some reactions inside of us. We talked last time on the show about essential oils and how strong they are, but you know, just taking a few drops and having them in like a a witch hazel base, or sometimes I make my own menstruum out of, um, Uh, A mix of alcohol and water. Um, I've even made them before out of vinegar. You just want to have something that's going to um, uh, be antiviral and antibacterial in nature. But it's tricky because even with those, you can overdo it. I mean, we are mostly bacteria. It's not that we're trying to keep um, this pure pristine environment that would actually literally be death to us as human beings but what we're trying to do is if you you know you go into a store for example this happens to me all the time and now we all have to use keypads and stuff and the person in line in front of me is you know there's all this you know like mucusy congested cough and, the <clears throat> and they're wiping their face and they're touching the keypad, cat- Keypad, And even though, you know, I, I rarely get sick, and I don't say that to brag or to, you know, it's just because I've implemented all of this in my life for so long, I rarely get sick. And so it's not that I freak out when I see it, but it's, you know, my alert system goes up, and I go, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to use these fingers, and then when I um, walk away from this, I'm going to reach in my purse and take out my little, I have a little squeeze bottle, I don't even use a spray bottle anymore, that just has my little blend in it to, to you know, get off, some of those yucky viruses and maybe any bacteria from the fact that they were they had mucus on their fingers or something so it's it's being um it's being proactive in in times like that but you know when kids start when people start to do it with kids every minute of the day um the hairs on the back of my neck go up because kids are actively they're building their immune system for their life and i don't think we should monkey around with that and you know you, there's a reason why there you it's you see illness in like affluent communities a lot of times more than in 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 communities where um, there isn't an abundance of wealth and resources. You know there there's something about exposure that builds up your immune system, and let's not forget that. I mean our bodies we're very much like the soil in the earth, and the soil needs to have you know all a mix of all these microorganisms and bacteria and. It's the blend of everything together. When we start to isolate or strip away and, and rob our body of, of the natural bacterias that are out there, um, we create a host of problems. So don't There's go crazy. Some don't go crazy. There's some interesting studies that look
0: at um, rural kids that grow up yeah. on a farm versus yeah. sterile urban dwellers. Oh, um, yeah. And who's more likely to get sick, and it's just uh-huh. so surprising. Be it, or it like um, the the studies that look at kids that are exposed to bleach or whose parents or you know yeah. whose
1: households uses bleach and conventional cleaners versus not. It's that's right. I mean, that's we, right. We used to joke in our house with the girls because you know I'm not I'm not a neat freak. I, now I do like to be organized, but I am not a neat freak. And I learned very early on when my when my girls were both young and I was working and my husband was working. I thought you know do I want to be the kind of mom who's Frantically cleaning the house and in a grumpy mood—is uh, this what my kids are going to remember about me? Is this what I want to spend my day doing? No, I'm going to set aside time once a week um, to, you know, to clean my house. But I'm not going to be fanatic about it. And then I would joke and I'd say, "I'm look, I'm helping everybody's immune system," um, and I have chickens. <laughs> and my kids would go down to the chicken coop, and you know, I was never fanatic about them. You know, of course, you get chicken poop on your hands. You've got—it's dangerous. You've got to clean your hands. They know that. But you know, if they're just going to pet the back of the chicken, I'm not going to make them sterilize their hands. And you know, they were constantly digging out in the garden. And yes, we should have a little bit of dirt. And I don't always wash my organic vegetables because I deliberately am getting dirt in my body. So there. <laughs> For sure. Um, yeah. So, and the studies are fascinating. I'm a big fan of studies. That's why I always say I'm an integrative herbalist who happens to be um, kind of a science geek too. I love reading clinical studies. They're they're powerful and they have a purpose in our society and they're making great advances in health and wellness. And yeah, being too clean is not good for us. We were not born into cleanliness. You know, we don't leave this earth into cleanliness. So embrace the messy part of life, please. I'm doing it right then. If you come over <laughs> to my house, you will see that I'm nailing it.
0: <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> um Okay, so, so in terms of cold and flu prevention. It's more of a overall systemic... It's not like I'm going to take two tablespoons of elderberry syrup all day or every day and be...
1: no, although elderberry, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, in addition to this, I still have f- four more things on my list. <laughs> oh, keep going. Keep going. Um, you know, in addition to this, uh, yeah, um, um, I don't need to go in order because I'm not. I'm. I'm not that kind of person. So I'm just going to drop to the bottom because you mentioned elderberry. But there are there are a class of verbs. You know, you've heard me say this, Aaron, and my family has heard me, and all my colleagues hear me say it at nauseum. But Plants are here for a reason and they have these herbal actions for reasons it's not an accident and that there are a class of plants called immunomodulators i love that word immunomodulators to modulate to change with as needed is such a beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing in music it's a beautiful thing you know with children you try to tell them okay you know let's let's bring our voices back a little bit you know um it, there's it's there's something supportive and flexible about that word modulate and there are immunomodulators in the plant kingdom and they what they do that's so beautiful brilliant and beautiful, is that they go into the body and they they, dis- they help the body to decide the immune system, this comprehensive complex system, they help it to decide whether or not it should, um, you know, n- notch things up a bit and stimulate or whether it should suppress and pull back. And so during these months to consume those modulators is a very smart thing to do. Um, And so a lot of them are adaptogens, you know, things like astragalus. I love astragalus. I throw it in. It's this wonderful root. My girls chew on it. I love it. It's sweet and earthy and grounding. And you put it in soup and your kids never know. And it's so easy to keep on hand because it's a root. So you have these slices of root you get from, you know, places, hopefully like a mountain rose herbs in Oregon, you know, that are organic and um, sustainably um, grown. And you, you throw them into your soup. You can have them on hand. Most of the things, that i cook with i have on hand all the time they're dry i don't have to rush out to the store and get them fresh so they're so convenient so astragalus um all the medicinal mushrooms like putting some shiitake and mitake mushrooms and um some reishi a big stick of reishi in your soup while it's you know a lot of people are making their own bone broth they're buying it too but you know make bone broth and throw in these 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 roots these adaptogenic immunomodulating roots and mushrooms um There are um, uh, culinary herbs that, you know, I'm going to go back to soup again for a second, but the reason that herbs are aromatic is because they have tremendous um, potent medicine in them, and that means that they're antimicrobial and they're antiviral, which is what you want this time of year because it's not about wiping out and not having any exposure to any, um, you know, bacteria or viruses. It's just about reducing your viral load because you're exposed to so much every day if you can reduce that viral load then your immune system has like a fighting chance um so so using um herbs um in soups taking an elderberry you know a lot of people don't even know that elderberry is wonderfully effective to um to kill the influenza virus or to render it ineffective really it 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 literally dissolves the way that the virus spreads from cell to cell It, it has a hook at the end the um without getting too geeky but the uh influenza virus has a hook at the end and that's how it punctures the cell and invades the cell and elder um elderberry um what it does is it dissolves that hook at the end so it literally takes the weapon out of the Um, the virus's hand and and renders it useless. And it has all these wonderful actions too. I mean, it's full of antioxidants. It's that deep, dark, you know, berry color. I buy the dried uh, berries when I haven't done a big harvest, although this year I did a really big harvest, which was wildly exciting because I love that. And you let them dry or you immediately make your own elderberry syrup, which I can give people a recipe to. You can also find them online. You can make teas out of them. Um, You can throw them um, into smoothies. Some people say don't have too many of the seeds inside, but um, I've never had problems. Once again, it's about having a little bit Every day. Okay. Uh, So I didn't think you could eat the berries or consume the dried berries because of the seeds. So that's
0: maybe a little bit. Yeah.
1: And, and, you know, it's one of those things I think that all herbalists are like, you know, just be careful. You don't want to give them to your kids to have a bunch. They're going to get all kinds of digestive upset if they have too much. But to, you know, I'm a big fan of, and I always have, and um, I was always kind of the descending voice in any sort of herbal group. I'm a big fan of little bits all the time. And so, yeah, I go out in my garden and I'll grab a leaf of something that people say not to have a lot of and I'll chew on it because I'm not having a big tinctured dose, you know. I like having a little bit of plants and same with the elderberry. I mean, there's nothing wrong with chewing on it and then when you can feel like a little seed, just spit it out, you know. That's what what people did before they had all of this knowledge, you know. I mean, it's... Um, But a few of them, no, it's not going to hurt you. And if you actually get some in your tincture, most of the time it's going to fall to the bottom before you grab it. Like a little loosey-goosey is okay. Okay, cool. Um, What about dosing? But yeah, don't sit down and have a basket of elderberries. (laughs) I mean, you know.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. Um, What about dosing for elderberry syrup?
1: So here's one of the things that people – This time of year, like, so if you're trying to do a maintenance routine, and I'll talk about that a little bit when I get into, like, uh, we have a formula that I've used for, you know, maybe 20 years, which is why I wanted it in my flagship lineup of products um, that has echinacea, and I'll talk about echinacea in a minute, but... There are, you know, there are two different approaches. You can have like a maintenance routine where you're like, okay, I'm going to take this once a day, twice a day type of thing um, just to give my body, just to expose my body to it and give it this nice little, this little boost. Um, But if you are actively fighting something and it's in an acute phase, you've got to load up on herbs. They are gentle. And, you know, by giving the tissue, exposing the tissue to... Um, that herb and that herbal action every 15 minutes and then every hour and then every two hours. And in that one day when you really feel like you're fighting something to just go full on with an herb, you're going to see monumental difference the next day. You're going to, you're just going to, you're not going to feel the symptoms. And the, the thing that most people do is they don't, they don't load up on an herb enough. Um, and, and so I talk to people about that a lot, you know, if you're going to, if you've got an elderberry syrup in the house and you're, let's say, let's use kids for example. So I give my, uh, when my kids were younger, I would give them, um, a, a spoonful of elderberry syrup in the morning before school with their little herbal blend, um, I'm going to go back in a minute and maybe if I forget Erin because I tend to ramble would you remind me to talk about teas and kids this time of year because I have it highlighted and it's something I don't want to forget but I would give them their elderberry syrup with their tea and they'd go off to school if they came home and they said mama I don't feel well my throat hurts that's always a huge red flag and same with adults if your throat starts to hurt or your eyes feel you know kind of just dry and irritate you're just starting to feel your energy is dropping then you go get another spoonful of that elderberry and then in like 20 minutes take um, maybe half a teaspoon of that elderberry and then every hour have a teaspoon of elderberry syrup Um, it's important to load up when your body is fighting something um, because literally every hour counts So when you have really young children, follow the dosing on the bottle in terms of, you know, maybe it's you're giving them a quarter of a teaspoon, right? Uh, And you're mixing it in some water or some tea. And rather than giving it to them, you know, every hour, you're giving it to them every two hours. But the same principle applies with adults. You need to load up. Um, And uh, it's it's something that we don't do in our culture because there's this inherent fear and mistrust and misunderstanding about plants.
0: Well, it's kind of interesting a little, it, you know, because we're so programmed to take the pill, right? To take the yeah. pill for seven days and then it goes away, whatever it is. Um, and, you know, I'm thinking about, because I see a lot of SIBO in my practice. Yeah. small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Yes. And so there's, there's pharmaceutical antibiotics that you could take. I don't know why I say antibiotics like an English person. It's like a weird <laughs> thing that has just like swooped into my life and taken over the past two months and I can't stop. It's very Just weird. embrace it, Erin. Yeah. Just embrace <laughs>
1: just it. Just go with it.
0: So there's like Rifaximin, right? And then there's mm-hmm. also herbal antimicrobials that are equally as effective, if not more in some cases, but the method of like how you take them is Mm. very different. You take, you take them more frequently and you take them longer for a longer period of time in order to have this, the, you know, for them to
1: work. And it's, I think that can stress people out because it's so not what we're conditioned to do. It it's yes, and also, and you know, because let's be honest, it also requires a little bit more energy on the person's part, and Good we point. we get lazy about our health, and we're lazy about our body, and we have this. I talk about this all the time because one of the things that's been hardest for me about introducing a line of products that's in pill form is that I want to educate people. Don't just knock back the pill and not know what's in it, and not talk to your body about what to expect, and don't just expect things to just change by one dose i mean it's it's just it's an oversimplification and it's insulting to the way the body works and we all need to do better so um you know when you talk about and this will help me i'll introduce the t's here you're talking about antimicrobials right well one of my favorite antimicrobials is time i also love oregano too but man it's a heavy hitter it's strong um, I have been making thyme tea for my girls since they started preschool. Time kills the strep virus, okay? So and strep, strep, um, um, uh, all, all the different strands of strep bacteria. So here's the thing. Uh, uh, when it becomes bacterial and when it's viral, very, very different distinctions here between them. You'll get a notice from your school, right? You'll get um, – uh, that strep is going around the school, and 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 most people panic. And there's a lot of other things that are related to strep, so it gets it gets complicated. But if they all come from the the they all come from the main the same same source strep strep virus. So if you get exposed to it. Um, and you start to have symptoms, it's incredibly painful for children. And it can really throw their immune system off for for the entire um, year and sometimes even longer. So I was always adamant about, I just don't want my kids to get strep. That's it's plain and simple, and um, I don't want the I don't want things to develop into a complicated um, bacterial infection. Um, I don't want them to have that in their throat or in their lungs. And um, so my girls would drink thyme tea. I, I grew it in my garden, and I would um, I would take the thyme tea, and you know I maybe maybe three handfuls of tea I would um, of the time I would um sorry somebody. Is t- like waving to me and I'm having to tell them I'm on a podcast. So I'm, I'm sorry, I've been distracted for like the last two minutes. They just sheepishly walked away. But anyway, that's, that was kind of stressful. Um, so I, what I do is I cut the plant and I, you know, I put it in my teapot and in really healthy handfuls of plant because I have time growing all over my garden. And I'd pour hot water over it and I would let that steep, sometimes even overnight, um, but certainly even in the morning if I only had 10 or 15 minutes. And then um, my girls would um, drink that in the morning, I would put tea in their lunch. You know, when we're talking about washing the tissue and exposing it to the action of that herb um, throughout the day, I don't know why more people don't put tea in their kids' lunch. It's like my way of saying I love you while they're at school, and it's giving them that nice little, um, you know, some polyphenol support, some antioxidant support, some antiviral support, even some calming support while they're at school. Um but thyme is something that people forget about. And, you know, even if you're just using dry thyme, it is incredible. It's incredible antiviral, antimicrobial plant. And it has a lovely taste as a tea. And that people is such forget a- about it all the time. All the time.
0: (laughs) I just well, I think people don't even think about teas at all. No, they don't. I mean, we do teas with Hattie when she's sick, but I never think about them as like preventative medicine. Really, I mean, we have a um. So for those listening, um, local listeners, we have a a store in my town, Nottingham, called the Mustard Seed, and there's a lot of dried herbs, and it's really cool. A lot of teas, um, like they make their own tea herbal blends. And so I always get a lot of those and I think about them for myself, but rarely for Hattie. So that is really cool. And I will say that if you're thinking, if you're a parent listening, thinking like I could never get my kid to drink tea, I just add local honey and she will drink anything if I put local honey in it.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And you know what? There's so many, here's the thing. When you're dealing with you know, strep and you're dealing with strong, um, something of a strong bacterial nature and you're dealing with strong viruses this time of year, what better way than to get your child to, um, to consume a strong plant than in a tea, right? And, and you'd be surprised. So, I, what I would do is, um, I kind of had some tricks when the girls were little. Now I'm, I'm grateful I don't have to do it, but um, you, you'd make like t- I would make thyme tea. And sometimes I'd throw in maybe a little rosemary or oregano. It was like, a, you know, that's a, that's a strong tasting tea. Um, but then I would add a little hibiscus to it. So then it had this pretty red color right and but his hibiscus has kind of an astringency to it too which my girls liked but only when there was something sweet in their tea and then add either a little bit of honey or um, you know a tiny little bit of maple syrup and you don't need a lot the 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 you'd never want with kids you don't want the strongest uh, flavor to be sweet you just don't um, it, it throws off a lot of things for them. There should just be a hint of sweetness like a um, you know one note should be sweet um, but not the predominant note. And so you just really need a like a just a splash of something to to round out and soften the flavor And they get to the point where they love the taste of tea and they love the way it feels. I mean, it's soothing. That's why to drink tea throughout these seasons you're literally, You're like giving a hug and a nice warm bath to your tissues. And so I drink tea. You know, right now I have some chamomile lavender at my desk. I'm drinking it throughout the entire day. Uh, And a lot of people think of tea as caffeine, and that's not the case. There's all these – oh, another great tea for kids is rooibos, which is fabulous because it's full of antioxidants. It's great for digestion. It balances blood glucose levels, and it's pretty color, and it actually has a great taste just on its own. Yeah, it is just kind of naturally sweet on its own. Yeah. Yeah, it's lovely. So we all need to be drinking tea and, and mix it up. You know, I have this thing. I'm on this kick lately, and I don't know if you're there too, Aaron, but I'm just really getting tired of how complex experts and people on the online community are making this, you know, wellness Um and yeah, it frustrates it, me because... It is. It's, it's yeah. like
0: saying wellness is only for the elite or you have to opt yeah. into this really complex system and it's something right. that should be so simple and basic
1: yeah. and they're
0: making... I mean, it's the whole expert model. It's saying that yeah. you can't do this for yourself. You need me in order to right. help you Right. Or
1: there's it. this way to eat and there's that way to eat and it's, oh my goodness, no wonder people are stressed. It's just... And you know, for years I was really lucky because I was raised by a mom who, single mom, two daughters... She worked three jobs and got two advanced degrees while she was raising us. So talk about stress. Jeez. But I saw my mom meditate for 20 minutes every day. Would she come home from work, she'd go in the living room and she'd close the double doors and she'd say, do not disturb me for any reason. Unless, of course, the house was on fire. That was her time. We knew not to interrupt her. She would do intermittent fasting never from a place of losing weight. I never heard my mom talk negatively about her body or say she wanted to lose weight. She would do the fasting as she would say, I need to give my body a break. It's been under so much stress. It's the one thing that I can just give it a break with. And it was gentle fasting, right? It was like, stop eating at seven at night and then not eat again until 12 the next day. Um, You know, she'd catch up on sleep, she'd take a nap, um, rub her body with castor oil when she got out of a warm shower or bath. These are the things that our grandmothers um, from every native culture have done that we have lost touch with. And it's like, come on, people, come on. Go back to a kinder way to live, a more intuitive, gentle, and dare I say, female way to live. We must do this for our kids' sake, for our own sake, and beautiful things happen when you when you live this way. You know, I mean, hmm, I could go on and on about this. Well, it's so really strong feelings about it.
0: Well, so many women and moms are afraid, or not afraid, but yeah, afraid of, of taking care of themselves because they view it as a selfish thing, right? Or unnecessary thing, or frivolous, right. over the top, or whatever. Right. Like, or when I have time, I'll do that. And it's so nice to hear from somebody who grew up watching her mom, like, take the yeah. time for herself and take care of herself and Take care of herself, how and you now I that.
1: do it, and yeah. now my girls do it. You know, I'll watch, I'll go in my daughter's room, she's a sophomore in high school, and yeah, she gets great grades, and she's on varsity basketball, and... But I'll see her, she's made herself a cup of tea. Like I get home from work and she has made herself a cup of tea. And you know, that's when I feel like, wow, I've done a great job. Because she's gonna go on and do this for the rest of her life and she's gonna influence her friends. And you know, we all model behavior and I think as women in particular, we need to stop this frenetic, like when we see each other, this complaining, this download of like, oh my God, I've been so busy and I did this and I did this and the kids go we need to stop that and, and that it's some sort of badge of honor to wear um, because, yeah, life is stressful, but we need to, when we get together, maybe encourage different behaviors in each other and grab hands and say, ah, hello, my friend, how are you? And sit on the floor and take our shoes off and maybe pass around a little bit of almond oil and massage our hands while we're talking to each other. I thought you were going to say a joint. (laughs) Whatever. Well, whatever. Whatever. whatever, (laughs) You know, everything in moderation. No, I mean, like, let's participate and let's actively encourage soothing, mindful behaviors, thoughts. Let's bring some joy back. You know, stress isn't all bad. Stress has a very important function and and we can handle a certain amount of stress and stress can be exhilarating and most people that suffer from depression don't have enough kind of stimulants, stressors, um, responsibilities in their life. That's an oversimplification oversimplica- of depression. So I'm. that's just, you know, please, please take that in the spirit that it was intended, which is that... There are all kinds of things that get set off when we are not actively engaged and juggling a lot. You know, juggling a lot is a good thing, but then find times where you take a break or acknowledge that you like to juggle a lot and don't just complain about juggling a lot. I happen to be one of those people I don't do well when I don't have a lot to do. I like having a list. I love gardening. I love making it part of my day, even though I get up and go to work. I Yes, I choose to get up at 5 in the morning, to have 20 minutes to do my funky improvisational Tai Chi that I made up, and to do my humming, and to make myself giggle in the dark, and to find my joy at the start of the day, my spontaneity that, you know, my third grade teacher tried to stamp out of me. I try to bring that into every day, so I get up early, and then I start working, and, and you know, and, and then I work all day and then I come home and I see my kids and I'll make them something and I get out in the garden again and I'm busy a lot I have a friend who says you don't even eat sitting down but it brings me joy and when I'm eating I'm mindful I don't do anything else but I do stand while I eat you know there, like all of us need to find our song and find our rhythm and love who we are and joy needs to part be a part of the winter and it's challenging because then you have the light deprivation right And so, and a lot of people respond to that and the darkness and the gloomy weather. And so, you know, find ways to... Drinking tea is joyful. I'm sorry, maybe there's not a clinical study to support it, but you know what? There are thousands of women, millions of women and thousands of years to support it. And plants have an energy, and our cells understand plants. We evolved with plants. They know plants. So it's a language. And it's like introducing a friend to your body and saying, hey, time's coming over today. And oh, chamomile's coming over. And the body and the cells get all excited. And it's a way of infusing your being with joy. So please have more herbs and more teas and more soups and more plants throughout these months.
0: All right, so two things there. One, I do want to circle back around to specific herbs, the, the echinacea blend oh. that you were talking about. Thank because you. Because I know you know, we're coming up on an hour right. and you have somewhere oh, to go. Oh, so gosh. Oh, gosh.
1: We've done it again. We've yes. done it again. So but, echinacea, go ahead. But, but first, I want question. to just
0: throw out there because what – I don't want to just gloss over something major you said because yeah. I have been kind of dealing with this for the past couple of months is um, realizing that I – to am the type of person that enjoys having my hands in a lot of pots mm. and having a lot of things going on and creating a lot of things. And I, for a long time, I judged myself for that because I was like, well, I'm just, you know, like maybe I'm working to escape something or mm. uh, I had a, all of these stories that I had attached course, to it. Of we tell
1: ourselves stories. Yeah. yeah,
0: and then this year I realized, well, maybe I just like maybe I just like doing that. Maybe that's what mm-hmm. brings me joy. Maybe that's what fills me up is being able to do all of these things. Mm-hmm. But I guess for somebody like myself who can easily step over the edge into mm-hmm. like, oh my God, my my life is so busy now and mm-hmm. my life is running the show, not me. Like how do you find... And I'm not looking for like a one, you know, this is not an easy answer, but how do you find that balance between, okay, I, I recognize that I'm a person that likes to have a full and robust life and likes to be doing a lot of different things at once, mm-hmm. but I also have this tendency towards adrenal dysregulation and stress in yeah. doing, taking on too much. And how the, the, the hell do I find that balance in that line? <sighs>
1: That's a great question, and I could probably teach a four-year class on this subject because you, do, you hit the nail on the head. What would be the thesis, Amy? <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing. Be- being busy, all of it is okay if it feeds you, okay? There's busyness that drains you. There's busyness that stresses you out. We get engaged in busyness that we think we should do. My busyness comes from... Joy. It, it gives me great joy. That 20 minutes in the morning where I'm doing tai chi, my spontaneous improvisational Tai Chi and humming brings me great joy. And it's incredibly grounding and it's very soothing to my entire body, right? So I'm not just getting up early to like start in on my email. Um, that's something I'm nourishing myself in that, in that activity. I drink Nervine teas throughout the entire day. I take adaptogenic herbs that help my body to respond and adapt to stress. I breathe deeply whenever I feel that I'm holding tension in my body. So here's the distinction. You can be busy and you can still breathe deeply and have your shoulders back and down. You should never feel tension. If your busyness and the activity and the to-do list of your life is causing you to hold your breath, clench your jaw, tighten your gut, Eat fast, um, feel like you want to cry or scream or both. That's not a healthy busyness. Perfect. When I say I stay busy, it's all stuff that's extremely nourishing. And one thing I want to say, and um, this just goes out to all types, the introverts, the extroverts, the biverts, whatever. Everybody, please be mindful of the energy that it takes to be around other human beings. If you are in the company of other human beings that you can be yourself with and who love you and who understand you and know your truth, that is a nourishing, nurturing person to be around. If you have to go do something on the social calendar end of things and you're around strangers or people who don't really know you, that is taxing. And then when you have spent time in those circumstances, you need to Go home and take an Epsom salt bath, add a little bit of castor oil drops to the bath, add a few drops of an essential oil that you like that's, that's kind to the skin and that's calming to the nervous system, and reset and regroup and breathe deeply. Um, we get into trouble when we do all these activities that are draining, and then we don't refuel.
0: And especially this time of year, too, or like running and gunning, you know, when we get closer to the holidays, you know, the back to school time is insanity for for most people. And then we go like smash right into holidays where there's so many social obligations on the
1: calendar and we are around. Say no to them. I'm sorry. I'm really, (laughs) you know, choose the ones. Sit down and say, okay, what happened last year? What did I do last year that I liked and what did I not like? You know, the holidays are for each of us. They're for each of us. They're a time to feel grateful, to show our love for others. And how do you do that if you can't even show love for yourself? Yeah, you know, there was one
0: year where Scott and I, I can't, I don't think it was last year. I think it was the year before. Anyway, we were just like, oh my God. Because Christmas for us is like the best time of year. We love it so much. Yeah. (laughs) And it was, we were trying to run around and we had Hattie, I think she was two at this point, and do all the things and see all the people and We ruined our holiday. Like, we did not enjoy our holidays, him and I, because we were trying to make everybody else happy. And it sucked so much that we were like, we would, we'll never do this again next year. We are going to completely restructure our Christmas. So last, last holiday season, we did things entirely differently. It involved saying no, it involved maybe upsetting people, but we had... A really really awesome holiday
1: <laughs> yeah and see and then you remember that and then you'll you'll do that again and you'll become protective of it and, and it's like no wonder why
0: we're all getting sick this time of year too it's not just because you know it's quote unquote cold and flu season it's because you know what you're saying we're we're sleeping less we're we're maybe busier we get yeah. less sunlight we go outside less we're yeah. in confined spaces with more people we're spending a lot of time expending our energy on that's other right. people it's like it's not just as simple as, well, it's this season. We just have to no. get through it by taking some herbs, right? It's no, like it's a whole No, it's not. It's got to be
1: so comprehensive and so respectful to what the body's trying to achieve. And all of our pathways need to be strong. Our hormone pathways, our inflammatory pathways, our nervous system pathways, everything needs to be balanced and, and strong. And we have to be protective of that. And that that means that we have to be honest with ourselves you know i mean what is life if it's not a constant learning experience and we have to say okay look you know amy beth you like to stay busy but you know when you've gone too far and be honest about it and say no and don't overcommit, um and take care of yourself and surround yourself with people who get that that's important right good friends don't ever get mad if you say in a respectful fashion you know it's not like two seconds before you're supposed to meet them but you say I can't, I can't do today. I love you, but I need to not talk today. I need to do some deep breathing, some stretching. And I have some things on my list that are causing me stress because I know I need to get them done.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And if people care about you, then they respect your boundaries that you are yeah. setting. Okay. Yeah. So before we close out, can you tell us about yes. the, so there's one, one blend that you had sent me last year or last in mm-hmm. the spring, it was echinacea, vitamin C and zinc, yep. right?
1: Yeah, that's, that? that's my blend. You know, everyone's going to have different opinions upon it. But I'm telling you, when I have been in night school and with Kit, when I have been so busy and I get exposed to something and I can feel in my throat or I feel a thickness. I don't even get a sore throat. I feel a thickness in my throat. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to. And I think, oh, I know I've been exposed to something. Tightness in my shoulders. My body's fighting something. And I take echinacea and vitamin C and zinc together and then I load up on it. So I'll take it at, at least, you know, three times, two or three times a day um, until the symptoms are gone. I don't get sick. Or if I do, it's really short lasting. Like it's just, a, you know, like I maybe got a, a slight sore throat rather than it going into something deeper. Um, and so I just feel like everybody should have it on hand. You know, it is it is one of the most... Um, Popular supplements. It's used throughout Europe. Um, There have been so many studies on echinacea and you have to be careful with studies because sometimes they're they're paid for by a company who would benefit by the study not turning out so well. And so they control things so that they get the result they want. But, you know, you're looking at native cultures who have used the 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 coneflower for um, uh, uh, intuitive reasons energetically, and because they watched the way the plant worked in their body. So you know, deep deep knowledge that goes back hundreds and hundreds of years and it's an immune stimulator i talked early on at the beginning of this podcast that i cannot believe is now coming to an end and we haven't talked about like cranberry X and utis and bone health and red you know sea algae calcium and k2 but we will get there some other time um i am to blame for that <laughs> um but you know when you're talking about immunomodulating herbs and then immunostimulating herbs. Now, you want a stimulant when you have been exposed to something and you want to really kick your immune system into high gear and say, fight, 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 fight. And that's what echinacea is. So it's not something you take long-term, it's short-term. You see improvement and then you get off of it. Um, you know, a lot of people will disagree with that and say, I take echinacea every day, no problem, and that's fine. And, I, and, and, and I'm, I'm not going to argue with that. But for, for the general public, I think the way that it's most effective, and maybe it means I sell less bottles of it because people aren't taking it so much, is that at the first sign of a cold... You know, take it for like a week straight. Take it twice a day for a week straight and and let the symptoms be, be gone. Can you take it before you think you're going to be exposed? Yeah, absolutely. There's not as much clinical data to support that, but I have used it that way in my life to great success. So yes, do I take it a couple times a week preventatively? Yes, I do.
0: And then what about... Is that do you don't do you use that once you have like a full blown cold or
1: no no I well no well full blown is different I go into a different course of action with full blown um full blown I would say it's it's a little bit too late I would <laughs> I would just be i stu, I would just say it's too late for echinacea and in zinc and, and vitamin okay. C you know okay. it might do a little bit but you're much better off. You know, having soups nonstop and sleeping and sweating um, and um, and and really just um, yeah. I mean, I shouldn't say it's too late, but you know, no, you know what ma- I mean. It, I do know what you mean. That yeah, makes sense. yeah. The goal is, if you do these things right, that you don't ever get a full blown. That's the beauty of herbalism and really incorporating into your life and having teas all day long, you know, throughout the day, exposing your body to all different kinds of things. Don't just get stuck on one thing. If you had it yesterday, maybe have something different today. There's so many great teas. Create an apothecary of nettles and oats and agrimony and calendula and hibiscus and rose petals and rose hips and um, some thyme, some oregano, some rosemary and have all these teas and just make yourself these little blends and mix it up and throw in some rooibos and green tea. Oh my goodness, green tea is so good for you if you can't stand the caffeine then then don't have green tea have rooibos Um, so get that apothecary ready and start having teas and then have something on hand like our our defense have an echinacea a non-gmo vitamin c i'm very passionate about and a zinc that you can take if you just feel like i think i might be fighting something um you're going to be so pleasantly surprised this season
0: Okay, so we'll link to that in the show notes, that product, because it is a really good product, and it's very, very affordable.
1: Yeah, um, very.
0: In terms of buying all of those herbs you just you just tossed yeah. out, you like – so I was talking about locally, you could go to Mustard Seed. They have all of those there, but you yeah. like online Mountain Rose Herbs?
1: I do just because I buy I buy such big quantities because I make big herbal tea blends. And, you know that's what I've done for the holidays for years now. I don't buy anything er- anymore, Erin. I I just I can't do it, and so I make these huge. I get these big bags of hibiscus and big bags of oats and big bags of nettles and and I mix these beautiful and red clover and calendula and I mix these beautiful teas and I sometimes even have friends over and we mix it together and put it in bags. So. I like buying um, them in large quantities because I believe that if you have them on hand, you're going to drink them, you're going to cook with them, you're going to use them. But yeah, your local health food store, I mean, even, I don't know anymore with Amazon taking over if Whole Foods still has their dry herb section, but they used to have a good, you know, if you need something today, go get it and then stock up on some, some bulk herbs. And you know you're looking for you want to mix it up. You want to have herbs that are um, you know nutrient dense. Like nettle is something I think everyone should drink every day. I, I believe same thing that the um, Native American Indians did. It's an incredible, incredible herb. I love nettle. Um, it's rich in calcium and iron, and it's um, you know it's got all kinds of um, uh, uh, herbal actions that are so good for the the tissue. All year long, um, so nettles, oat straw, find things that are nervines. Oats are so good for kids and for women and for men. It's soothing. It even protects that you know the, the 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 sheath around our our nerve cells. So it's wonderful to have red clover is moving the blood, and you know you want lymphatic herbs, and so try to find herbs that all are doing something a little bit different. And um, I actually have a, a blog post that I'm writing about that right now that hopefully will be up by the end of the weekend. So you oh, can perfect. Always link I'll to definitely that. link to that. In yeah, the show but notes just as start well. and get a little apothecary. Even if you're just starting with like chamomile, some lavender, and some thyme, start there. You know, I mean, it can be small, but start somewhere.
0: I know what everybody's getting for Christmas this year. For
1: me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, Amy.
0: Thank you so much for once again sharing
1: all of your wisdom with us Um, yeah thank you I love I love talking to you I really love your community they have been so kind to me and um and intelligent and in a really earthy way there's you know there's not an arrogance to their intelligence they just have a, a hunger for knowledge and they're respectful of of wanting to be their own greatest health advocate. And that's what I want for all people, but particularly women, because it's something in our culture that has been lost. I want women to advocate for themselves. Indeed. Stake a claim on your own life, ladies. Absolutely. It's yours for a reason.
0: All right, Amy, thank you so much. And uh, who Take knows? care, Aaron, Maybe we'll okay? have you back
1: on the show soon. Yes. Right.
0: <laughs> Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you'd like to submit a question to the show, fill out the contact form at erinholthealth.com. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review in iTunes. Take care of you.